Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to another week of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. I'm Rosella. I'm Jadefire. And I'm Big Mama. And together we are venturing through, uh, still the book of Matthew, uh, heading by heading. I know we got a little skewed on some of our headings last week, um, so we'll see how far apart we are by the end of this section, or maybe we catch back up. But before we get started, how's everybody's, how's everybody's week gone? How have your applications been going? So apparently not well. Mine, I believe, was extending grace and mercy. That was either last week or the week before. Um, freely you have received, freely give, and that applies to more than just financial, but also in forgiveness and grace and mercy and patience and all of those sorts of things. And it was going really well until my um, recent bout of steroids for something else wore off and now... I'm exhausted all the time again, so it's not going as well with the advice, so. So get you more steroids? <laughs> That'd be wonderful, but unfortunately, no. Um, I just have to learn to become stronger than my flesh. You need to rest more on grace. God. <laughs> I think mine was more grace. Your guys' is more faith. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I thought that was like last Have you been that. showing more faith towards God? Have you been... Resting and knowing that he's going to take care of you, that you don't need yes. to try to do your own things for yourself. More than usual. And you don't need to defend yourself or argue every little point. I said usual. <laughs> At least he didn't try to defend himself or argue the point. Hey, that's a good point. <laughs> See? More than usual. <laughs> Mine was faith in something else. I don't remember what it is. And how's it been going? Together. I don't know. Maybe more... In the last few days, at least. And Rosella, have you been showing more faith and knowing that you're taken care of even if things don't go the way you want them to go? Or do you break down and cry still over those things and get upset and angry about it? I don't know. <laughs> Ruby didn't have the easiest week last week, and I would say that she handled it quite well, especially um, responded well, and then walking out in faith afterwards. Oh, that's true. Yeah, what there was you... some... Uh, social interactions that weren't going very well. Oh, so Middle school girls can be a little rough, huh? <laughs> or high school girls. They're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> They're dumb. I don't know if that's kindness. Come on. Alright. Uh, I know I had a lot of stuff going on with what I was gathering out of it. Um, and I've just had a lot going on and learning from the Bible anyway. So, I don't even remember what it all was. But I can share at least some um, personal anecdote. Um, of progress <laughs> in my walk with God, um, I can definitely get very, well, I know a couple of weeks ago there was the whole getting things done ahead of time so that I could just take it easier or whatever, and I've been doing that with a lot of projects and stuff that I'm trying to embrace that they don't need to all be done right away, so it actually is helping me a lot because there's a lot of things I want to be getting done or have to get done, I have obligations, and when I don't just try to cram all this other stuff in so I have more time for everything else and just do 
what I can with everything what in the time that I'm supposed to do it, I actually get more of those things done then, which is great. Um, but then also, I, there was a time where I was recently going to be really late to something, <laughs> and that causes a lot of anxiety because I'm known for getting to places early <laughs> and being on time. Um, and so I had to really, like, force myself not to be looking at the clock while I'm driving and things like that so that I can continue to just focus on God and that he's going to take care of me even if I end up late, but I can still at least ask him for either, you know, a delay in the time or, you know, stop the sun kind of thing or whatever, or just that I get there in plenty of time, um, and all that stuff. Kind of like a no traffic sort of deal? And no or, yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. Anything, anything to get me there on time. Um, cause I know he can work that stuff and just reminding myself that I know that he can do that cause I can forget that. Um, and I did get to where I needed to be on time, but I was just, and it was just a very good exercise for me to really work on focusing on the right thing which was not the clock, not my speed or whatever, but that God's got me. So that's that was a growth moment for me this week. <laughs> um, all right, so this week, I believe we are starting off somewhere in the middle of Matthew 9. Um, and I believe at least two, maybe three of you were had split up a section that uh, Jade Fire and I didn't have split up. So anybody want to... Let's see, uh, Rosella, you want to start us off with uh, the Jesus heals the one who can't speak or whatever your heading is? Jesus heals a man unable to speak. What I wrote is that no matter what, he can heal us. Yep, so, um, God agrees. Pretty much stuff. It's a long one. <laughs> he has a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to stay? <laughs> Does this pick it up when it rolls, like, the next 20 miles? <laughs> so, even if you um, were hurt very badly, like, your heart, like, emotionally, if somebody was just super, super mean to you, can he heal you of that sadness and hurt? Sort of, I think. I, I thought you said he could heal you no matter what. Well, the answer is yes, he can. Yeah. You turn to him and accept him and ask him to help you. Because he... That anything that anybody else has done to you or hurts you or makes you feel like you can't trust anybody, guess who you can always trust? God! Exactly. So he's the ultimate place where you should be putting your faith and trust in things. Yeah. So if you learn to turn to him more and more, you can be healed. Now, will there still be some wounds and pain? Sure. But you will be healed. <laughs> yeah! Alright, Ruby, what do you got for that section? Um, Jesus heals the mute. I... My question basically is, who are you because of what God has done? And not like the Pharisees, um, not like the Pharisees who are always living in doubt, but we are living in the truth. Yeah, because they were claiming it was the Prince of Demons that he drives out demons. Gotcha. All right. And Big Mama, did you have anything for that section or was that a separate section for you? Um, I didn't have anything specific, but I do think it's interesting how the Pharisees... Um, are like, oh, he's just driving out demons by the ruler of demons. And uh, earlier on, when John came fasting, they were like, oh, what's wrong with him? And then Jesus comes eating, and they're like, oh, what's wrong with him? <laughs> yep. yeah. It's like when you don't like someone, and they're eating a cracker, and you're like, look at him, eating that cracker. <laughs> hate how they eat crackers. <laughs> it's really easy to find something wrong with someone when you don't like them. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. 
Well, then we shall move on to our next section, which for me is the workers are few, and we'll wrap up chapter nine. Workers for the harvest. Okay. The harvest is plenty, the labor is few. The workers are few. The lord of the harvest. Okay. Ruby, what do you got? So my thing is, what did I learn about God and that he has compassion for lost sinners and that we're his children and we need his help? I highlighted specifically 36 through 38. Uh, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And my note is that um, Jesus acknowledges where those that crowd came from, like he knows where they're at, what they need, and he points his disciples back to God, who brought these people there, um, to help bring those people and shepherd those people. Like he 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 under, he brings the people, but he also is designating people to turn to God to help seek out how to help those people. Like God's got it all taken care of. <laughs> yep. He brings the people they need, and he provides what is needed. <laughs> so you just don't like. Verse 35 is what you're saying when you highlighted 36 to 38? Yeah, because I highlighted a specific one. It means I didn't like the other one. Yep. Well, you did highlight three out of the four. Or, was it three? Yeah, three out of the four. You just didn't like that one. <laughs> Again, because I highlighted three verses and not one. That means I didn't like one of the verses. That's what that means, yes. Ridiculous. All right. Big Mama, you have anything for that? I have a comment from a recent sermon. Uh, our church just preached on this like three weeks ago, I think it was. And... Uh, the comment was about how when we read this, our um, temptation might be to, well, I don't feel that way, so I have to like stir up my heart and get really distressed about the harvest. And like intentionally just trying to stir up your heart isn't going to last or do anything. But a changed, a changed heart comes from a changed mind. And so really what we need to do is change our thinking to match Jesus's by studying his word and um, what else he says about other people and um, what's really going on with them and the interactions with them and that sort of stuff. So it's not good to just try to stir up your heart to be like that. I mean, it is good to stir up your heart to compassion and that sort of thing, but it's not lasting unless you have a changed mind. So mm, yeah. I thought that was a good anecdote. That was my big takeaway that week. I like that. Me too. All right, Jade Fire. Um, so for my question on this is, what does God want your life to look like? And my answer for that is to pray, because ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, pretty much the only way they can ask the Lord is by praying. Or they just talk to Jesus. <laughs> but... Yeah, mine literally says, pray to the Lord. And Rosella? I wrote that he will feed us. I mean, yes, he will provide for our needs. Can I ask how you pulled that out of these verses? I don't know. (laughs) Were you thinking of the crowds that he feeds, like the 5,000 and everything? I was sort of thinking that, yes. No, because, I mean, he did provide for them to some extent. (laughs) Did you think that when he said the harvest, he meant literally a field of food? Yes. <laughs> That's okay. That's that an easy thing sense. to misunderstand. Because he says the harvest is abundant, so it's like there's tons of food out there. But what he's actually talking about here is the harvest is all of the people that we can um, call to the kingdom of God to join us. It's like an analogy. It's a, it's a picture. Like he's using the idea of a harvest, like for food, 
as in for the souls of the people that need to find God. Make sense? Yeah. So he's saying there's lots of people that we can preach to, but there's not a lot of preachers ready to go, not just preaching, but ministering to yeah. and about Sharing the good news. A lot of people hungry for that, that salvation and, and that knowledge and information. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to chapter 10. Now, for me, this is all just one section, the whole chapter. Mine is split up into two parts. Two parts? Mine is the whole chapter. Um, well, mine is the 12 apostles, but you made me read the 12 apostles, and Jesus sends out the 12 apostles in the one day. You told me to read both of them. I did? Well, Five. Okay. Because I couldn't find, so you, figure so, out something. So you counted that as one day for you? Okay. Cool. Then you're with me in... Jadefire? Nope. She has more oh. parts than two. Uh, oh, never mind. Just kidding. Two, three, yeah, I have five parts in this. Yeah, she I, normally would have six, but she combined two, so it's just five today. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. I combined one of them for you, but yeah. All right. Well, then I think I will have Big Mama start and maybe bounce between you and Rosella and Jadefire, Ruby, and I can chime in with our own stuff where they are applicable. Because <laughs> it's just one chapter, or two sections for you. Two sections. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll put, throw mine in when they start reading through 28. Okay. Because I have all kinds of notes here. I only wrote one this last week, but I've had notes here from other times I read through it too. <laughs> so I got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> What's your first note on this chapter, Rosella? Do you want me to go while you're deciphering yours? Yes. Okay. So my first note comes from verse 8. Where he is sending out the 12? Oh, I thought he was sending out the 72 here. No, this is the 12. Okay. So he's sending out the 12. And he's telling them all the things that he wants them to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. And then he adds on... That's exactly where my highlight is. Freely received, (laughs) freely give. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. And he says, freely received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Um... So in this section, it's talking about specifically not getting money for imparting spiritual gifts. But also, when I read freely received, freely give, and I, I might have said this a couple of weeks ago, but I was, um, it just makes me think of all the things that we have that other people who have worked just as hard don't have. It's easy to say, yes, I have a job because I work hard for it and I show up and I'm consistent and I do my work. Yes, but other people do that same thing and don't have a job. Or you can say, yes, I have a good marriage because I apologize when I'm wrong. I'm humble in it. I seek to do good for my spouse. Well, yeah, other people do that and don't have a good marriage. So you can't really take credit or say you deserve anything because there's someone out there doing Everything just as right as you, not getting those things. So remembering that freely we have received a lot, and freely we can give a lot. Um, And that applies especially, I would say, to grace and patience and forgiveness. Um, Like the story of the man who was forgiven a million dollars or whatever, and then he went out and threw his buddy in prison for owing him a hundred bucks. That's basically what it is when you withhold patience and forgiveness from other people because there's one who's been infinitely patient and forgiving to us. Yeah, I was struggling with some patience earlier today, so that's a good message for me. Um, 
But yeah, I specifically highlighted verse 8, and it was mostly because of the freely you have received, freely give section as well. And you did bring up uh, that a couple weeks ago or whatever. I remember that statement. But um, yeah, my comment there was just that our Father has been generous to us, and so we should be generous to others. Do not try and hoard God's gifts. Like, he's given us stuff. We should be using that to help others as well. Um, Because it is not on our own doing, like you were just saying. I do have one thing that I would argue with you on in your statement though we can say we do deserve something but that's just death <laughs> i'm glad you find yourself so mute. <laughs> not a good thing but we all deserve death yeah, it's personally. not a good thing that you find yourself so amusing <laughs> now i'm the funny one <laughs> you find yourself amusing. i see she's more amusing Take a vote. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Raise your hand for mom. I'm practicing patience. All right, Rosella, what do you got? Um, Jesus will provide, or God will provide, or whatever. One of them. In what way? Where do you see that? Well, with Jesus sends out the twelve apostles, it's like these twelve Jesus sent out in certain and trusting them, go nowhere among the Galileans and enter no town of Sad- Sad- Samaritans. What verse? Samaritans? Samaritans. But to go gather to the lost sheep and of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, You've received without paying, give without pay, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for the labor deserves his food, and whatever town or village you enter, find out who to whom is worthy in it and stay there until you depart as you enter the house of great heat and it great it greet it greet it i found like that in the 9 10 and 11 9 10 and 11 oh yeah. so where you don't need any gold to take with you or bagged on yeah. your journey or sandals yeah. or stuff because everything will be provided for you basically good call that's very very good very smart you are correct 20 points <laughs> My next note is on 14. Should I go with that? <clears throat> so in 14, it says, If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. And that's really encouraging that it's not our job to make people get it or understand or internalize the gospel. It's just our job to tell them and then leave it at that. And I think that that applies to like all of life, just trying not to, or not trying to control other people and make them believe or understand or whatever. It's not our job. I can struggle with that sometimes. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Also, I have a highlight in those few verses too. Hmm, what do you got? Um, that God is willing to try to send his disciples or Jesus' disciples or whatever to every town, even though technically God knows everything, so he knows their answer, but he still sends them there, which kind of makes me think that if the majority of the town doesn't like him, maybe some of them do like the message. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was worth it to go, even if only a couple of people were happy he was there. <laughs> yep. What did you say yours was, Jade Blair? Uh, 28. Oh, so we're not there yet. Okay. Um, did you have something you wanted to share in that next section, Rosilla? Persecution will come. Yeah. What verse does it start with? 16. 16? Oh, good. Yeah, that's where, about where I'm at. Yeah, I'll go ahead and share a little bit from 16 from a couple different... Well, let's see. Yeah, these notes are from 2019 and 2020. Pulled from the same verse. Basically the same concept. Um, it talks about being innocent. Um, he's sending us out like sheep among wolves. So we're, we're you know, innocent. Um, be true to snakes and as innocent as doves. But um, we're supposed to know how to work within the world while not succumbing to its ways. So, like, we need to operate in this world. We're just not supposed to start following the ways of the world, right? We need to know how to flow in it, but not necessarily do what everybody else is doing or have the same mindset or heart. And it's not telling us to be naive. We can be innocent, but not naive. So we can still know that there are problems and things to deal with. Like, so, so many people are like, well, they're innocent, and then they're not innocent when they know other things. It's like, that's not necessarily true. You can still be innocent of crimes while still knowing that crimes exist. Yeah, but that's been an interesting understanding that I've come into a little bit more is that my natural tendency is to assume the best of people. And so when I'm like, oh, well, they obviously weren't trying to hurt me because nobody would do that, you know, and then realizing, oh, yeah, they were. Why are they such a jerk? <laughs> and then becoming uh, aware but guilty of judging them myself to getting to the point where I'm aware of what they're doing. But it's like, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I definitely have, for a long time in my life, definitely been... It's very difficult for me to trust people. And that carries over into my uh, relationship with God then, too. Because if, like, that way I act with everybody else in the world, I then take that to God as well, which isn't right. Um, it's definitely something I've been working on for many years. But, um, but, like, because of that, like, I definitely am not surprised when people backstab me, betray me. Which can be a benefit because if I'm not surprised by it, then I'm less likely to react in like an anger or something like that because I knew it was coming. Yeah. Even if I didn't know it was coming, I knew it was coming, right? So it's like, I was like, yeah, not, not surprised. Not that I always react properly by any means. But, um, but I also think that it's good that if you can understand, I mean, and it's not for everybody because we have different areas we're called to and different ways we can handle things and how much we can handle. Um, but like knowing that there is bad in the world, the more... Like, it's okay to understand how that is and how they work and think and act. Just don't get caught up in it, like I was saying. But if you understand how they think and act, then you understand their tactics and what they're doing, and you can spot it more readily so that you can react accordingly from a biblical perspective or protect others from what they might be doing, things like that, right? Because it can be concealed by a friendly face a lot of times, but yeah. it's not friendly. <laughs> so, but it's a, it's a, it's a... It's very similar to, like, I know, I've read stories and stuff, too, where, like, you have sometimes real accounts of, like, detectives or just even psychologists and stuff that try to get into the mind of those that have, you know, killed a bunch of people and stuff like that. Like, how how do they get there? What's their mindset? But that can be a very dangerous place to be because it can feel very depressing and gloomy. And, like, if, especially if you don't have God, like, how are we in a world where this is a place your mind can go kind of thing? Or they could get caught up into those mindsets themselves. So it's a very dangerous place to go. And so you have definitely have to have limitations on where you go to understand people. <laughs> like, it's not like, don't go kill somebody just so you understand how people kill people <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. You know, that's the extreme. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But 
there is a level of I think there's a benefit to at least still understanding how people work and how sin works in people's lives in the more more of the details as opposed to just the fact that yeah we all sin we all do bad things we're all going against God and it's good to understand that too but sometimes just the tactics <laughs> I'm trying to remember the way that it's worded exactly where it's like you want to save your brother from sin but while you're doing that don't fall into the same sin yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like if they're in a pit, like the pit of sin, you can try grabbing their hand and pulling them out, but you don't want to slip and then fall in there with them. Yeah. It's better if you're up on the edge throwing down a rope than if you're one step ahead of them trying to pull them up. The yes. slippery slope with you. Yes, yeah. Which is a big reason why we're supposed to get those planks out of our eyes and stuff, too. <laughs> um, Rosa? Um... For persecute will come, I wrote, he will protect us. Yes. Yep. Yep. I really like the verse in there where it says, um, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you'll be given what to say at that hour. And I take a lot of comfort in that because I have a lot of anxiety about confrontation. And when it comes up, I want to analyze anything they could possibly say because I... Do not process things quickly. In fact, some have been known to say I have low intelligence, actually. In That's past. really harsh. Like, people shouldn't <laughs> say that kind of stuff. Teenage boys, I tell you. Um, so it takes me a little while to process things, and I do not process terribly quickly in a conversation, which lends me to give really generic responses, and then like two minutes later be like, oh, I know, I know what I actually think about that. <laughs> it's like way too late to like actually say anything to it especially in conflict situations so it's very comforting that i don't have to worry about how or what to say one thing that's not specifically said said here in this verse but that i take away from all of scripture is to have our hearts settled correctly because if i go into a conversation with my heart aligned with god how it should be I won't say nearly as much stupid stuff as I would otherwise. And if I respond in humility and kindness, it doesn't matter so much what I say as how I'm responding to the person. So I've put a lot more time and energy into praying and meditating on scripture before confrontation and not so much time on trying to predict everything they could possibly come at me with because that doesn't work very well. Well, that's, yeah, trying to predict everything they come at you with, that's kind of like worrying about tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're creating new problems that may never even exist. Yeah. So yeah, but it's a hard thing to do. I totally get it. And knowing that God is my advocate, so I don't have to protect myself because when I don't have the right answers, people are going to assume all kinds of things about me. Let them. Like, <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> absolutely and just remember she said teenage boys are a problem so that means i was a teenager when i said that and i was an idiot back then all right daddy has learned that my wisdom just takes a few seconds to catch up i've learned to <laughs> seek your wisdom often so all right well let's continue on then all right go, go ahead rosa where, where, where are you pulling this part from it's have no fear have no fear it begins in verse 26. 26? Yeah. Um, I wrote that only fear him and nothing else. Yes. Life would be a whole lot easier. My heart could be. Mm. Yeah. Just gotta rip my heart out and beat it. <laughs> right? That was sincerely my prayer last night. I was like, God, I know that if I had more faith and like 
actually understood these things in my heart, my life would be so much better. And that is what I want. And yet here I am. So if you could help me with that, I would really appreciate more faith and more heart understanding of these things I'm getting in my head. So um, I know that specifically speaks out in 28, so I'm going to guess that Jadefire has a comment about this section. Uh, yes. My question is, what does God want your life to look like? <coughs> and my answer is to fear him. Okay. Ah. Like, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That literally says, fear God. Yep. And um, I also, my note is also here in 28. And it's simply just everything is meaningless in comparison to eternity. All this... All the things here that are passing away and aren't going to last, including our bodies, it really doesn't matter. We don't need to worry about that stuff because it is pretty meaningless. Like, it's useful. We can use it while we're here. But in the eternity, it really has no purpose anymore. It's gone. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about it. Big Mama? I didn't have much on that, but I do. It's one of those things I try to get my heart to understand. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? <laughs> and I try to get my heart to understand is to not fear people, but only fear God. It's not easy. It's not. It's so not. There's so many times where I'm like, well, I'm not really afraid of a lot of these things, like of dying or whatever and things like that, which those are the ultimate fears, right? Quote, unquote. But am I f- afraid to have certain confrontations with people or that I'm going to be late and disappoint people at work or get in trouble at work or something? Yep, apparently. <laughs> and I shouldn't be. <laughs> I am always very afraid of being misunderstood or misinterpreted and having people assume that I'm wrong when I'm not. And not like, I want to be accurate. I want to be kind and tenderhearted. And if they misunderstand that, then I'm like, why are you so mean to me? <laughs> Which goes right back to something that we were just talking about. Oh, about how they always misunderstood Jesus. He drives out demons by the ruler of demons. Like, knife to my heart. I'm trying to do good here. <laughs> that would be difficult for me. So, Jesus didn't really seem to care. All right. Uh... I still need to talk. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is in verses 35 to 37. In these verses, it's talking about how a son will turn against his father and a daughter, her mother. Um, And what I think is um, that God doesn't want us to put anything before him. Like, I don't think he's literally going to turn us against each other, but he's just, like, basically telling us we need to love him the most and like not as competitive love or whatever but like we need to focus on him more like if we love our parents more than god like if they say well now we're done with the bible like we're not christians anymore and you can't be there like if for me i like to be people pleaser so if i love them more then i would not obey god but we have to love God the most and obey him. Yeah, and he's kind of saying right here that you're not going to please everyone, so work on pleasing me. <laughs> yep. Um, This is not really pertaining to what you got out of it completely, but like, the idea of a father turning against their son or back, vice versa, a mother and stuff like that, 
and it says like he's doing it but like he's not literally being like well go beat up your dad or whatever like he's not doing it that way but like his very message does create tension between those that do believe and those that don't and therefore there will be strife between those people so in that sense he is turning people against each other but that's more their own choice right well i'm not trying to be like god's trying to turn people against each other i'm just like i just want to clarify i try to clarify what that passage really means because that can be a strange passage from my god (laughs) um at least that's how i understand it i could be wrong I also think it's interesting when he says, whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. We read that and we're like, oh, the cross, just like Jesus bore the cross for us. They didn't have that. That hadn't happened yet. As far as I know, he hadn't even predicted that yet. So, like, how would they have heard that whoever doesn't pick up the Roman crucifixion for the worst criminals and follow you? What? Like, (laughs) I, I wonder how they understood that. If they understood it, the way we do, just without the context, or if they were like, wait, what? That's interesting. Yeah, that really makes me wonder what that passage, what, like, what he was conveying to them. Because he knew. He knew what was coming. But they didn't, as far as I know at this point. I mean, I think most of his predictions come a few chapters later, if Matthew's laid out chronologically, which I feel like it is. Seems like it mostly is, at least. Is there anything else that Rosella and Big Mama still, because I know you guys have a lot of sections in here. I did not do, not peace, but a sword. Okay. So my note on that was to love God more than anything else. So kind of like what Rui was saying, right? Yeah. 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 Even other people, right? Because, I mean, as, as important other people are to be loving to them and everything like that, God is the ultimate person we're supposed to be focused on. Yeah. The person. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the last few verses where he's talking about... Um, loving and taking care of people in his name because that's very natural for me (laughs) and it ends with whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple truly i tell you he will never lose his reward so i feel like my reward's secure because praise god helping people and taking care of them comes very naturally to me (laughs) and i am even more inclined if it's in the name of jesus whether it's vbs or nursery or whatever to um try to help the little ones (laughs) i really like that you're able to be like hey here's something i'm doing right it's right here like because so many people be like well couldn't do that that sounds prideful or whatever you know what i mean it's like no wait there's plenty of stuff for us all to work on you've already shared things you need to work on right it's okay to see that there's things that we're doing pretty good. Maybe not nailing it perfectly because we're just not perfect people, but we're not perfect. doing really good. <laughs> we're not perfect, but God is. Yes. And he's given us some things that really work well. Yep. Which is also why like, we're supposed to be a community, right? Because we all function different parts of the body. Like, Not everybody should be the eye. Not everybody should be an ear or brain or whatever. You know what I mean? So. What would I be? Well, I don't think it means better. <laughs> Did you have... More stuff in 10 you needed to share, Rosella. Rewards! Rewards! What you got? <laughs> um, that whoever receives God is, gets a reward, basically, because God is the reward. Very nice. Yeah, he is the reward. His salvation, his spirit, eternal life. All right, well. You let's... get a reward! And that was it? That's the last one? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to chapter 11. Without me. <laughs> oh, you have one more, right? No, I'm pretty sure that was all seven. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, so you, you, Rosella's finished, exhausted her notes for this week. <laughs> so I, we she, still have so many I've more. only done two. We'll probably eventually have you start catching up a little bit at a time. But moving on to chapter 11, Jesus and John the Baptist is my section. Jesus and John the Baptist. Jesus and John the Baptizer. John the Baptist does. This chapter is three sections for me, it looks like. Same. Same. Cool. Ditto. Alright. So, uh, I'll start on this one, I think. I highlighted the end of that section. So, verses 18 19. For uh, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he is a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. I hate how she eats crackers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so like you kept bringing it up, and I'm like, I don't know if we're there yet, but I, I definitely highlighted that. I am like, I'm helping kids memorize, I'm in our Bible study, and then this Bible study. I don't remember what I've read where already. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> I, I understand. And we're all doing gospel work right now, too, so I'm like, oh. Yes. Gospel work? Well, the gospels are very important. Kids are memorizing Luke and John. We're reading through Matthew, both here and in my Bible study, but my Bible study's doing a chapter a day instead of a heading a day, and so I'm just like... <laughs> Getting all the gospel stories from different directions. Oh, we have our our Bible through the year thing that's going through the gospels as well. Yes, I forgot about that because I listened to that. And that's chronological, so it's all the gospels all meshed together. Yep. So there's four different areas that I'm studying the gospels daily, basically. Gospels (laughs) feel like they're same practically, like Luke and Matthew at least. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Well, there should be because they're telling a lot of the same stuff. Anyway, my note is it doesn't matter what you do. If people want to dislike you, they will find a way to do so. Our heart can change how we see different actions, but we should continue to do as God directs us, for that is always right, and we do not need to fear the reaction of man, as in mankind. Their opinion of you shows a lot more about their heart than yours. Yes. So, yeah, it was just funny that you kept covering that, because I'm like, I know I have notes about this, (laughs) and it's pretty much what you said, but... (laughs) Um... Jade Fire. My question is, what does God want your life to look like? My answer is, uh, don't follow the herd. I think that's... Oh, I mean, that's very good. Yep. Yeah, you don't want to follow the herd. Yeah. Uh, the herd, so like sheep, they all just follow together without really thinking for themselves. They just follow the one in front of them. Like when we get the goats to run in the pen, what happens to the other goats? They all follow that goat right <laughs> through, right? So if you can get one to run in there, a lot, pretty much all of them run in there. Because they don't think for themselves. Some. We should be connected to God, thinking for ourselves and having a personal relationship with the Lord. Not just doing things because other people are doing it, because that's how you get led off a cliff for something. Be a BG, not a Carmel. There you go. <laughs> Those are the names of a couple of our groups. BG leads the way, and Carmel's the little baby goat that just runs along behind. <laughs> BG pretty much leads on a lot of this stuff. Like the little boys, like, one kid asks for something, and all of them like, are like, me too, me too, and then like, Wait, what was he asking for? Yes, that happens all the time. <laughs> yes, I do have chores for all of you. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Ruby. Mine is who does God say you are and worthy to be God's friend? Because, um, didn't it say somewhere in here that he ate with tax collectors? Or did it not? Just a minute. Yeah. Um... At the end, sort of, where Jesus 
eats with, like, oh. they mentioned how he eats with tax collectors and, like, we're worthy to be his friend, yes. sinner or not. You are correct. Yeah, I've been thinking about the word worthy the last couple of weeks because it feels almost like the same as I deserve it, but it's not somehow because God counts us worthy to be his. And I want to say, no, we're not. <laughs> am I to argue with God at the same time? You know, he decided we were worth coming for. Therefore, he has determined we're worthy, so we can't really argue that point. I just thought that was an interesting thought. Um. All right. So then moving on to the next section, for me, it's woe on unrepentant towns. goes from 20 to 24. Um, Big Mama? I have in there to recognize what God has done for us. To recognize what God has done for you and live in light of it because... He does do miracles for people, and then they completely um, despise them and don't care about them at all and are like, yeah, whatever, it's a miracle. And then there's other people who don't have anything like that to go off of and just take him at his word. And the people who have those wonderful, kind, good things that God has worked on their behalf and they reject him, that'll be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, which is super interesting that they have found Sodom recently and all of the like intense heat and destruction that um, started there. Um, but anyways, you should look it up if you haven't heard about Sodom lately. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. But um, I thought it was hot. Very hot. <laughs> like they were, yeah. The city is on fire. The city is on fire. But it'll be more tolerable for them than it would be for someone to have the goodness of God in their life and reject him. And we definitely have lots of goodness in our lives. So are we living in light of that? Yeah, my notes is very similar, so I'm going to go ahead and just jump in. Um, but just that we have been shown so much, in, it just in our lives, but also with, through the Bible. Like, it has all this information for us to see, right? Um, and we've seen miracles, we've been taught all that has taken place for Israel and then us, and we even have the Holy Spirit with us. There is no reason not to believe. So rejecting God and the Son now? Really bad idea. <laughs> All right, Jade Fire, what do you have for this section? We're on well, on unrepentant cities, right? Well, mine's just towns, but yes. Okay. What does God want your life to look like? And the answer? Repent! And what does that mean? Um, say... Th- or com- uh, confess your sins, admit that you have sinned, ask for forgiveness, know that Jesus died to save your life. You're missing a step still. That Jesus into your heart. That's not quite it. Ruby? To ask for forgiveness. Oh, he said that. Oh. Turn away from those sins. Right. Stop doing them. Yeah, I was about to answer it with this. Now, are you going to slip up sometimes? Sure, but you should be making an overall progress of getting further up from doing those things and turning your back to those sins and your face towards God. Repenting means to turn away from that sin. Not just, just say I'm sorry, but to actually turn away from it. <laughs> okay? Good. Mine is to turn away from my sin and not be like the cities of Tyree and Sidon. So you had the words in there, even though you didn't say them. Turn away. <laughs> Turn away. Well, after he said that, before you asked the question, I was about to say that. I've got a little more detail on that, and then you just, like, well, good. flush it out. I'm glad we got that flushed out. All right. The next is, for me, the Father revealed in the Son. 
Jesus invites everyone to come. The sun gives knowledge and rest. Which verses is this guy? Rest for the weary. Yep. 25 through 30. We just have different titles. It's fine. Um, Alright, Jadefire, you start us off this time. Um, My question is... What does God want your life to look like? And my answer is... um, Gentle. Let's see where I pulled this from. 29 and... Yeah. Yeah, 29. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. That's not the whole thing. Take my yoke upon you, and y- learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest there for your souls. There we go. <laughs> I, I accidentally skipped a couple lines. lines. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be gentle? Not to push everybody so hard. What do you mean by that? Uh, push how? Like force them to keep going. Can you give an example? Ooh, like a a run. Like so someone's on a run and then like they're getting tired or weary from running and like somebody just like forces them to keep running. Like keep running. Um and that's harsh, not gentle. Like you should keep running, but you don't have to. That's gentler. That would be more gentle. That's. I'm glad you finally got there. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. Like. Did you have something to add, Rosella? Oh. Um. When we're saying the fruits of the spirits, the little boys are always missing gentleness, especially the one who needs it the most. <laughs> <laughs> they go. Oh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle. Oh. Love, joy, peace, patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. But yeah, being gentle is, I just want to make sure you weren't even thinking just physical, right? Like, it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It's the way you talk to people and take care of them and how you respond to them. There's a gentle, there's an attitude, there's a, you can use gentle words, right? So, but yeah, you seem to have gotten the idea of it took you. It took a while to get there, but we got there. <laughs> I, already, I already was thinking the spiritual version. Or, obviously, obviously, but I just wanted to make sure you did have a, a some a, some understanding on what that means. So, um, Ruby, I've got a couple things, so don't don't move on as soon as I finish my first one. Um, one of them is who am I because of what God has done, and like at peace, and I know that I can find peace in Him, which kind of leads on with the other one what did uh, what did i learn about god or slash jesus um that he loves us and wants us to find peace in him like to come and find peace in him and i find this kind of in verse 28 where it says are you weary carrying a heavy burden come to me i will refresh your life for i am your oasis mm, oasis i like that mm-hmm. um yeah, I took mine from the last couple of verses. Uh, take um, my yoke um, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I really, so I, I just really appreciate the concept uh, that while there are hardships in life, whether we have God or not, um, we have the creator of the universe right beside us. Like, so the one who makes everything, he's right there beside us through anything that we think is hard. 
Um, and he isn't making us work for him, right? We are called to work alongside him. So it's just, it's very comforting and knowing that, like, because that's why the burden's light, right? Like, it's a big burden, sure, but he's carrying most of it. <laughs> Makes me think of when you're in, like, water that's over your head and you have a life jacket on. If you swim as if though you don't have a life jacket on, you're going to put a lot of your energy into holding yourself up and you're not going to get as fast, as far yeah. as fast. Or as if you're like, like, we've all been in life jackets enough that we can relax, but if you'd never been on one before, it'd be hard to relax into that and just put your effort into paddling, you know? Yeah. But Jesus is our life jacket, so we are above the water. We need to quit struggling so hard to keep our head above the water and just put our effort into paddling, and we'll go a lot further <laughs> and rest when we need to rest, because we can. Yeah, that's a really good point. I really like that. I really like the analogy that if you're trying to swim like you are swimming without a life jacket, it is actually a lot more work and a lot more exhausting because I find myself in that trap on occasion where I'm working as if I don't have God with me. Yeah. And it's hard when I could just be utilizing what he's given me, that life preserver, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's, that's definitely a struggle and an application I've had in the past and a still continuing thing, which will probably be mine today, too. But it's just, yeah, that's that's helpful. <laughs> that's a helpful analogy. I like that. Thank you. Okay. Did you have something else you wanted to share here? Uh, yeah, the ending as well. I am lowly and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's kind of a um, an alarm, a catch system. I don't know what you call it. But if things are hard and overwhelming, then you can be immediately like, well, I must not be carrying his yoke then. <laughs> How do I, what yoke am I carrying? How do I set that one down? And really... When you are lowly and humble in heart, it's a lot more restful. When you do go into those conflict resolution situations and that sort of stuff, or if you are showing up to work late when you're normally, like, take pride in being on time, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you're lowly and humble, like, this isn't about me. No, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, definitely. I survive on God's grace, for sure, but also on the grace of others every day. Um, when you recognize those things, you aren't fighting as much, and it does get a lot lighter and easier. All right, moving on to chapter 12. I think I have two more sections left. Wait, what? What? I think I'm done, and you were only one section ahead of me. I started off one section ahead of you, and then you had two sections for that whole chapter, which was only oh, one for me. I only, okay. I only have this section and the next section. You have two sections left for you, me and you. Cool. So we're awesome. We're awesome. So humble and lowly of heart. Remember all the work we had to do to catch up before? That's the only reason we're here at this point. If we hadn't done that, we'd still be behind. Alright, so we're on our last section? Uh, second to last section. So mine is, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And it goes through verse 14. Oh. Wait, yours is split up a little bit more? Yeah. Gotcha. What, where's your Where's your first break then? Mine is uh, verse 8 into verse 9. So like 8 is the last of the first section. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I have my I have a highlight and 7. So my highlight for the... F I, have, I have a couple highlights in my first section. So one of them is um, verses 7 and 11 and 12, actually. It's, it's, it's a few different things. Um, and the Sabbath isn't meant to be some kind of sacrifice it isn't a burden or an excuse to be lazy we can still do good and help others on sabbath 
And we are to remember to rest in God and not on our own works. So it's not like we're, like we can, even us, when we we observe Sabbath, we can get so hung up on our work. We're like, hey, it's preparation day. We get everything in order so that we can rest and stuff. And it's not like, like it's good to get things done. I'm not, not, I'm not, but like we can get our mindset in the wrong place for it. Because if it's not done, like we don't need to get all these things in order because God will still provide for us, right? Yeah. And we can get trapped in that, I think, sometimes. I know I can, at least. So it's just, it's good to remember. And it's not so that we can be lazy, right? It's just so that we can focus on God and rest in Him and what He's done for us. And has given us this day to rest and recharge. But it also doesn't give us the excuse to be like, hey, somebody just asked for help. Oh, no, 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 no. It's day of rest. <laughs> right? I can't help you today. I'm a Christian. Sorry. Right. <laughs> right. It's stupid. Um... And those those verses I highlighted were seven. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. And then 11 and 12. He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. There was a Luke 6 verse that I learned and where Jesus was asking the Pharisees or something, I ask you, is it lawful to do on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? Yes, that's the same story in a different gospel. Very nice. Um, Big Mama, what did you have for the first seven verses or um, eight verses? I also underlined, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus says that several times. Like, he's always quoting the Old Testament, but this one he quotes repeatedly. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And it's a good, um, it's good to understand that God cares about how you do something much more than about what you do. Um, I know that it's a trap for people moving on to the next chapter of their lives, whether it's graduating high school or graduating college or getting married or whatever. Um, to be like, oh, what are God's plans for me? Where does he want me to live? What does he want me to do? Where does he want me to work? Who does he want me to marry? And the answer to any one of those questions is so much less important than how does God want me to work? How does God want me to live? How does he want me to treat my spouse? That sort of a thing is so much more important to him than what where we physically are. <laughs> he already has that figured out for us, but our concern should be about living in mercy and not like seeking the perfect job to honor God in. The perfect job to honor God in is where you are right now. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Jade Fire. What does God want your life to look like? And uh, obey uh, obeying the Lord. Like um like if God says if like you can tell that God's telling you to do like a certain type of work on the Sabbath then you should go do that work because he is the one who created the Sabbath. He created um, the Sabbath for us. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to completely follow it every single time. Mm. Not to follow the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Because yep. I would argue that we are supposed to observe the Sabbath. He wants us to observe the Sabbath. But it, people, have, the Pharisees especially, put a lot more restrictions on it. And based off of the old law that we read in the Old Testament, you can get where they came from with a lot of that thought process. And Jesus clarifies that there's there's a different heart that we need to have for it. Still observe it, but not not the way that they were doing it. <laughs> um, I when you said um 
we need to obey the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Yeah. That reminds me of the Calvin and Hobbes thing. Uh, uh, Calvin was told to get in the tub, and then he obeyed the letter of the law, not the spirit. Because he didn't turn the water on? Correct. He just sat there. <laughs> he was a Pharisee, sitting in the tub with no soap or water, because that's what his mom said to do. <laughs> and then, and then uh, his mom yelled, let's hear some water running. All right, so... You have another section in here, Big Mama, starting in nine. Yeah. Through what? Uh, mine goes through twenty-one. Oh. Oh okay. no, wait. I have nine through fourteen, oh, and then okay. fifteen through twenty-one. But whatever you guys are. Yeah, because my next one is fifteen through twenty-one. So do you have something for nine through fourteen? Uh, I do not know. Oh, okay, perfect. Then we will move on. Um. So yeah, God's chosen servant. Um. Jayfire. Um. Uh, what does God want your life to look like? And my answer is not to quarrel. That's probably going to be my application as well. <laughs> to quarrel less. What does quarrel mean? Fight. Argue. Where did you get the not quarreling? He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. Verse 19. Um, I highlighted the first verse in the section 15. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. And my note is, it's okay to get out of Dodge, rather than hang around with people that hate you and are actively working against you. That's comforting to me. Right? That's what was comforting to me, too. I'm like, because a lot of times you're like, well, we're supposed to suffer through these things, right? But not always. Sometimes it's okay to get out of there. Um, We are to love our enemies, but we should seek God's wisdom for the proper times and places. (laughs) One concept um, from my class at church that they've talked about a lot is, it's okay to want things, but it's not okay to demand things. So that's where sin often starts coming in, is when you demand something that you want. And so, like, it's okay to leave when it's time to leave. But if you hang all of your hope and joy on being able to leave, that's when the problem comes. Yeah, I should clarify a little bit, because, like, I read the verse that I highlighted, but technically, it was based off of the verse right before it, which is in the last section, 14. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus then, Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Because <laughs> it wasn't the crowd that came that was trying to kill him. He healed those people. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, just making sure I get that context out there. Because I realized that didn't make any sense with what the verse that I just read. <laughs> In verse 20, it says, He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smoldering wick. And I think that is such a kind inclusion to have in the scriptures. Because often people feel less than, or like they're not super thriving as a Christian. And then they start to question if they're even worth it, if God's even going to put up with them or have patience with them. But even a bruised reed and a smoldering wick, he's not just going to be like, you're not even a fire. What are you even doing? Just go out already. Like, that's not how he's going to treat us when we're, when we're trying to have faith and trying to seek him. Even if we are bruised and smoldering, he will still lead justice to victory. All right. Well, that should wrap up our study this week. Um, so, application time. I've got mine. I got mine. All right. Ruby, Rosella, Jadefire. We'll go in that order. Oh, song first. <laughs> okay, she's too unintelligent to figure this out. So, Rosella, you go first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. My application is from, I think, much earlier, um, something Big Mama said on, you can tell people things, like, 
the disciples went to tell people the message, but if they don't listen, there's not much you can do. Just trust God, basically. And I don't like to do that. I'm like, you're going to hear what I have to say, and you're going to take it to heart. You're going to understand it. Yes. You will see things my way. Your turn, Rosella. Mine was the same as last time, Ty. Have faith in him. How do you grow your faith in God? Well, like, by reading the Bible, like, trying to set your heart on him, and, um, um, I... I think those are good. I think you're right. One of the biggest keys is having your mind turned towards him repeatedly throughout the day. Like, I know it makes you nervous when we, we push you into this stuff a little bit, and I think I've pushed too hard on occasion because sometimes I forget how young you still are. <laughs> so, I mean, your growth is going to look a little different than some of ours. So, like, taking those steps, that's good. Like, you're starting to understand the concepts and stuff, so th- that's a very good application. And when I ask you questions, it's not because I think you're wrong. It's because I want to get you to think more. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Jade Fire. My application is... Not the quarrel. Oh, I didn't see that coming. I'll hold you to that. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's good to be in a community so people can help each other. Yep. Mine is uh, the lowly and humble of heart is kind of a good summarization of it. But how others' opinions of you have more to do with them than with you. And you're not going to please everyone, so focus on pleasing God. And it's not up to us to get people to understand us or agree with us or anything like that. Um, There's just a lot of freedom in all of those truths. Yeah. That, like, (laughs) in the Facebook world, every now and then they stumble across wisdom without realizing where it came from. But one of the things that I saw recently, it's like, my freeing phrase lately is, let them. Someone didn't invite you to the party and they went by themselves or they went without you? Let them. Somebody told you that you couldn't come or whatever, you know, let them. Somebody was mean to you and cut you off in traffic, let them. Like, just let them. It has nothing to do with you. Yep. <laughs> Move on with your day. And I'm like, oh, like, that's that's helpful. It, it was biblical wisdom without them realizing where that wisdom was coming from, because all wisdom is from God, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, let them. Well, that's why yeah, anybody who's actually looking, you, you see the evidence of God everywhere. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in a similar... Because, like you were just saying, like you, there's a lot of freedom in understanding these truths because you're free from that burden that was weighing you down, thinking you have to do these things. And our bur- that's, not our, that's not the burden we're supposed to be carrying. We're supposed to be car- sharing the burden with Taking Jesus. Taking on the responsibility for everyone around me to behave properly is a little exhausting. And, and mine comes from the, sim- <coughs> like the, the end of Matthew 11 as well. It's just like, yeah, I can easily add burdens onto myself or try to swim with this life jacket on as if I didn't have it on and to just remember that like I do have him the creator of everything the entire universe right there with me that why am I putting so much effort in this when he's right there like it looks pathetic at that rate it's like what are you doing it's like it's like almost like when an adult holds a little kid's head back and they're just trying to swing their arms as much as they can to hit you it's like this is pathetic what are you what are you even trying to do here <laughs> i mean it's even more increased because god's a lot more powerful than in that situation than the adult but still yeah so just remembering he's there and relying on him and resting in him 
Another thing, it makes me think of this in Psalm 37 when it says, though ye stumble, you shall not fall headlong. And it makes me think of like every time we walk, usually in the winter, the only place we go is church. And so <laughs> when we're walking across the icy parking lot and I'm holding our little toddler preschooler's hands and their feet are like going seven different directions, but I'm like, I got your hand. You're fine. Keep coming. <laughs> like, though ye stumble, you shall not fall headlong. <laughs> and that's how God has us. He's like, just keep coming. Your feet are doing all sorts of crazy things, but you're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for sharing. And now I will close us out in prayer this week. Dear God, thank you so much for your word and for your um, uh, steadfast faithfulness that you're always there with us. Um, and we can rely on you even when we stumble and fumble and fall and try to carry way too much than, than what we're supposed to be even bothering with. Um and so just help us to always remember that you are there, to remember what you've done for us and are doing for us, and that um, we're not alone. Uh, we're, we do not have to carry anything on our own because you're there, um, and you have control over it all. Um, we don't have to worry about what other people do to us. We don't have to fear them, and therefore we also do not need to battle anybody we don't need to quarrel with anybody because then we're just we're, we're forgetting where all of our stuff comes from at that rate and that we are taken care of because we're trying to fight for something that we think we need or deserve when we don't need it or deserve it because if we don't have it <laughs> then you have a reason for not have, giving it to us um so just help us to remember that um you are the ultimate source of comfort and provision um and just bless the rest of our evening in this awesome stormy weather uh, that you've given us. And um, bless our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.